and welcome to Journey Through Scripture, day 29. That means that today we're going to be looking at Job 11 through 14 and Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 19. Okay, let's begin with Job 11 through 14. So here we um, hear from Zophar the Naamathite. And um, Zophar, once again, they're all taking turns responding to Job and the things that and the things that uh, he has said, which frankly, yesterday, ended up kind of being all over the place. Um, so here is Zophar's response to him. Um, so uh, he begins making the point, God knows more than you do, duh, and he knows that you're a much bigger sinner than you're acknowledging. Okay, um, Should your babble silence men and when... You mock, shall no one shame you? For you say, my doctrine is pure and I am clean in God's eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips to you, and that he would tell you the secrets of wisdom, for he is manifold in understanding. Know then that God exacts of you less than your guilt deserves. So, right, you actually deserve worse than this. And again, once we, once we, uh, once we start noticing how prevalent in Job's friends, this mindset of of a tit-for-tat relationship with God that he owes us if we do good, and if we do evil, that means that we've done something, that, that then he'll do us, then things will go poorly for us, and so if things go poorly for us, then of course that means that we've done evil, okay? That, that kind of twisted logic there, um, and it's very evident here, and so given these things, given that you're a bigger sinner than you even know, which we would agree with, right? Uh, we 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 have very little knowledge of the, the 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 magnitude of our own sin. Okay, I think that's a fair point. Um, but the 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 mechanical aspect of it is the conclusion that he draws, and you see that conclusion particularly um, uh, from from verses thirteen through twenty, where essentially he's saying that you know you you should practice being less of a sinner, and God will see to it that things. Will go well for you, and um, and in, in light of in light of a right, this idea that you're a bigger sinner than 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 you realize, um, it's hard to see how this is a workable solution, right? Because it, presumably the first point would still be true, even if you were trying harder, there would still be things that God would see. Um, so. Um, Job then responds to Zophar and and basically saying, you know, who does not know this? I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you, he says in verse 3. Who does not know such things as these? Um, I've become a laughingstock. Um, I, I, I who am righteous and, 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 and the unrighteous are at peace, and yet here I am and, and people are just... Uh, wagging their heads at me and 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 smirking at me, I'm no longer regarded well. Um, it, and this is something that even the 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 subhuman creation knows. So look at verse seven: Ask the beasts, and they will teach you; the birds of the heavens, and they will tell you; or the bushes of the earth, and they will teach you; and the fish of the sea will declare to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? Hey, everybody knows that God has made me a, a laughing stock, as Job puts it. Um, and um, yeah, 
Um, God is completely sovereign, we see in verses 13 through 25, and even the greatest cannot thwart his will. Um, You guys are telling me things that I already know. Uh, So verses 1 through 2 of chapter 13, Behold, my eye has seen all of this, my ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you. My argument, though, is with God. Uh, but I would speak to the Almighty, he says, and desire to argue my case with God. So it's at this point that Job starts saying things like, uh, he'll eventually say that in like chapter, uh, I think it's chapter 22 or so. Um, uh, but yeah, he starts basically like, get me an audience with God and and I'll be able to vindicate myself. When, when can I meet with God and, and lay my case out before him? Ah, that's chapter 23. I was close. Um but as for you guys, you guys kind of stink, right? He says, uh, verses 4 through 5 of chapter 13, As for you, you whitewash with lies, worthless physicians are you all. Oh, that you would keep silent, and it would be your wisdom. Um, does God need you, in essence, to be his lawyer, right? Will you speak falsely for God and speak deceitfully on his behalf for him? Um Will you show partiality with him? Will you plead the case for God? Right? Are you supposed to be his spokesman vindicating him? Like God knows that he's made me miserable. Why do you need to uh why do you guys feel the need to to make excuses for him? Um and 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 then in verses 13 through 28 he he challenges God, withdraw your hand, stop hiding. Let let me speak. Let me tell you my wrong. Um and um, basically then ends up in, in, in chapter 14 just saying, leave me alone. Man is nothing. What am I? What, is, what are men but withering flowers? So God, just, just leave us alone. Leave me alone so I can enjoy life. This is, again, anguish that is coming from, from a depressed and, and hurt heart. Uh, when man dies, he's gone and he doesn't come back. So ju- you know what? Just kill me. And chapter 14 is this this you know, he's back to where he kind of started, wishing for his death. And um, I think a point that I made about yesterday's reading, we also see it in today's, that there are places in Job where Job's logic, even the meaning of the sentences that he's saying, are virtually unintelligible. And I think uh, verses 13 through 15 are a good example of this. Oh, that he w- you would hide me in Sheol, that you would conceal me until your wrath be passed, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands. Um, I'm not sure what Job is asking here, and um, I'm not sure how many people actually are sure about what, what he's requesting from God. So these parts are very challenging. It's hard to track with exactly what Job is saying. Um, Okay, let's go ahead and go to Matthew uh, chapter 20. Here Jesus, as uh, as he nears Jerusalem even further, is continuing to tell his parables. And here he tells this parable, uh, which is called the parable of the laborers or the parable of the workers. And uh, essentially, this is a parable about grace, about the nature of grace. And the key thing about grace to know is that it is undeserved. It's undeserved favor. It's something that God does not have to do. 
and he really wants to get our heads screw our heads on right about thinking about about this and so this is a parable where this guy who's a master of a house so he's in he's in charge of of a household he's looking for laborers to work in the vineyard and so he goes out to um uh, to find some and he brings some in at the in the morning this would be in you know the uh, very, very early on in the day, or the morning begins roughly around 6 a.m., and uh, he goes out and he hires them, and he gives them a denarius, okay, which is the amount that a day laborer would receive for one day of work. And then he goes back out again, and he goes at the third hour, so that would be about 9 a.m., and he hires others, but he doesn't tell them how much he's hiring them for. He just hires them. And so they join the ones who have who have been working. What he tells them he'll pay them is, quote, whatever is right. This is uh, whatever is, you could also translate this, whatever is just, dikaios, what is, what is, what is uh, fair, equitable, uh, um, that's what I will give to you. And so they go. And then he goes out again to get more workers, the sixth hour. So now he's out there about noon. And he goes again at the ninth hour, three o'clock, and he does the same thing. And then he goes out the eleventh hour, like five p.m., right before the work hour is going to be ending. And he brings yet others, saying, "Why do you stand here idly, idle all day?" And um, and he sends them in the vineyard as well. And then when it comes time to pay everybody, uh, he starts handing out um, he starts handing out money. And he, he gives to the ones who first, who were the, the, the people who came in last. Notice here the theme of the first and the last, which Jesus uh, just got done talking about um, after the parable of the rich young ruler at the end of chapter 19. Many are, who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So the last are getting paid first, and they're all getting a den- denarii. And you can imagine the, the ones who had been there longer being like, ooh, they're getting a denarii for one hour of work. I've been here all day long. Surely I'll, I'll get more. And as they starts pass, uh, handing out the money, the, um, they start to see that he's giving everyone a denarius. And, and they get to the final guys, and he's like, all right, guys, here you go. And he gives them what they had agreed for. And they get upset with him about this. They grumble to him and they say, these last worked only one hour. You've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. And then, and then he, in essence, you know, you're not treating us fairly. They got, they got a denarius. We worked longer than them. We should get more than that. Um, and uh, Jesus says that the reply, that the master replied, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me to work for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the last first, Jesus throws in there at the end. So uh, now we can imagine ourselves in the shoes of those who have worked all day resonating with that, right? Like why are we all getting paid the same? But the point here is that you are getting is that is that is that they receive what is just, they receive what is right. And so to expect more from him is 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 something like they don't have a right to they have no complaint that they have not received more than what is right. Um, 
the idea here is that he's not, he says, I'm doing you no wrong. Like I didn't, that's verse 13, right? Like I didn't, I'm not jipping you out of anything. Um, isn't it, isn't it for me to decide whom I'm going to give what to? And if I want to be generous, then you should have no complaint about that. Uh, and this is, so there's a couple points about grace that really come to the fore in this parable. The one is that God treats none of these people unjustly. Okay, he's not he's not rendering to anybody less than they deserve. He's giving everybody what they've earned. Some he just chooses to give more to. Um he he's showing grace, he's being kind. Okay, so the uh the 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 people who work less hours he's provi- he's enabling them to provide for their families um and he doesn't have to so he's generous if anything he should be praised for doing good to those who who need it okay and and it's not something that the that the others should com- be complaining about no now these men can go home and they can and they can can live another day um now one point that <clears throat> some people will sometimes draw from this parable and I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just, I, I'm. It's kind of uh, uh, some days I feel one day about this. Some days I feel a, a, another way. Um, but uh, that this also implies. Some people also infer from this that uh, that there is that uh, essentially heaven is equal for everyone. Uh, that that everyone is rewarded the same way in the new heavens and the new earth, that we all experience the same quantity of blessing. So, you know, the, 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 the thief on the cross would receive the same reward that, the, that, say, the Apostle Paul does, right? Whereas the thief on the cross died shortly after and basically could do nothing for Christ. Paul, on the other hand, lives a life of suffering and, and difficulty and brings the gospel to many. And at, at the end of the day, both will be satisfied with a like measure of God's goodness, um, and you know, part of part of the reasoning there is: look, everybody's receiving a denarius. It's not as if, in fact, the, the entire point is that he's not giving more than a denarius to anyone. He gives everyone equally, and uh, if that seems unfair to us, that's exactly <laughs> then we're in the in the position of the of the one crying foul in the parable, right? Um, I'm not so sure that that holds total water because, and particularly when I read 1 Corinthians 3, verses 10 through 15, I'll go there real quick, uh, it does sound to me like there you do have a distinction in the degree of rewards that are given. So uh, that paragraph says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. And if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through fire." Um, so there it kind of um, suggests that there is a, a reward corresponding to what we have done. 
So it's a little hard to decide exactly uh, which side of that debate to come down on. I know uh, people, uh, you know, well-respected biblical scholars on on both of those both of those sides. So I just want to raise a you know flag this area as something that there is some disagreement upon. Okay, well that's it for uh, today's readings, and uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, tomorrow, I look forward to, to, to joining you again as we dive deeper into Job as well as further into Matthew. So until then, take care and bye bye.